Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Did you see uh, Vader's an AI now? You're talking about Big Van Vader from the WCW? He died Darth several years ago. Vader, one of the most iconic uh, you characters in movie history. He's, he's, he's just going to be AI. James Earl Jones signed his rights away to the voice. So now Lucasfilm can just use, and Disney can use uh, an AI to make Darth Vader. He will uh, never be human again. That's a good move for James Earl Jones. He's got to be like 80 years old now. But this is that argument you're always having with me about like, AI is not going to replace actors and directors and shit. It won't. Artie just fucking took one out. Nope. A big one. Nope. You know why? Why is that? You know how I can stop that? Hmm. Pour water on it. What? Pour water on an AI. Go back to tomorrow and plan for yesterday. Everything you're thinking will be the things I say. I made the world inside your head. Hey, tell you what, everybody. Until that hole is water. Hey everybody, welcome to Dudesy. My name is Will Sasso. I'm Chad Colchin. This is the first of its kind podcast run entirely by an AI, created by an AI, controlled by an AI, just like Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, we are now on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dudesy, where last week uh, Chad and I watched the first UFC, the human cockfight from 1993. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And that video is still up on our Patreon where it will remain for the rest of time. And uh, so you can join us there. And we also were chatting with, uh, with, uh, with our dear pals out there on Discord. Yeah, that was actually a really good time. It was yeah. incredible to see as we were kind of making jokes and stuff about UFC, like almost in real time, AI memes would start populating yeah. in the Discord channel and there were some fucking hilarious ones. Yeah, there was a but Sam yeah. Elliott Hulk Hogan thing that was God, probably that was so uh, bizarre. Stole Mike the Myers night. fighting in the Yeah, UFC Mike event. Myers is every character in the uh, UFC. No, it was, it was a real good fun. Time. And I, I am hopeful, or I assume I should say, that we're going to be doing more of those kind of live watch-alongs that will be in the Patreon. It's yeah. up to it's up to Dudesy so long as we don't uh, pour water on Dudesy. Please. Ah, hey, you know, uh, as always, you can follow us on YouTube.com. Please subscribe on YouTube.com. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're wherever you get the podcasts. Please rate. Do the notifications. Subscribe. Uh, rate and review. Force your friends to watch. Yeah, that's the Clockwork most important Orange. thing. All right, fine. I'm with you. And you uh, do force it upon them. Yeah, do all that stuff. And uh, we're also, of course, on social media yeah. uh, at Dudesy Pod Show. And uh, holy shit, with us as always is Lulio Il Cana di Strada Italiano. And that is Italian for uh, the, the Italian street dog. Come here, Luli. Hey, oh. there he is. What'd you, what did you, uh, Luli, what did you make for dinner last night? Oh, fatta una bella pesce. Well, what kind of fish? Uh, just a cod. You know, you make a cod with the tomato, onion, potato, whatever you got. How do you make it? You just pour in a... Um, Bake a dish, you know, like a cookie tray, lasagna dish, put in the oven. A little while, a tomato. It's nice. Put some bread. Okay. Well, that's cute. That's cute when you do it. Uh, what else is going on, Chad? 
Not much. I'm surprised that you're not more up in arms over James Earl Jones giving away his vocal rights to be turned into an AI. I think in that case, it's a good idea, actually. I think in that case, it is why, a good why idea. Why do you think it's a good idea in that case? Because uh, it's a fucked up character. Who gives a shit? Fucked Kylo Ren is better. Yeah. Huh? He is one of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, villains for movies, but so... Darth Vader is one of the most iconic characters ever created in any fucking media. Yeah, cool. And so is Clubber Lang. Love Clubber Lang. I have to disagree with you on that one. I think Darth Vader's a little bigger than Clubber Lang. Well, huh. oh, I'm sorry. You think Darth Vader is yes. more of a justified villain than Clubber Lang, though? What? What does that mean? <laughs> well, I think... I just justified. Think that, well, they're justified and therefore way better written, yes. Huh? I think Dude, that no, Clubber Lang. Okay, you don't this think is an absurd Lang is, argument. I'm rated number one. That means I'm the best. You don't actually Look at this believe fool up there this. Fighting fools. You don't believe this. I do believe that Clubber Lang is a better villain than than Darth Vader. <laughs> this is fucking insane. We can't even have this conversation. Look, what I'm trying to get at is you're constantly saying how bad it is that I'm predicting all these things. AI is going to be taking over the shit. This is just another thing that I've predicted. The AI will eventually replace actors. And now it's replaced one of the biggest actors who does the voice for one of the most iconic fucking characters oh. in the movie. Welcome to the historic 28th episode of Dude C. Call me Dudesy. Huh? This week's episode will feature four segments. Uh -huh. Pizza the Movie Part 4. Ooh. Don't you forget about media. Bachelor Chatchelor makes Bachelor Spectacular. <laughs> and Welcome Home Depot. But before we get to any of that, I'm going to play one of the latest astonishing works from Songaria. Nice. Let's what do it. that one thing? Songaria. It said oh. Bachelor something. Here we go. Bachelor Chatchelor. Chatchelor. This, this fucking blew my mind, dude. I've, I've seen this online. I had COVID. It's so good. I had COVID that time. Yeah. That's why I asked how you... I'm back. I'm back. I know. I'm back. I'm excited. I slap my hand when I am. I'm back. I'm excited. I slap my hand when I am. I'm back. I'm excited. How are you? Tell you my name. I'm back. I'm excited. How are you? Tell you my name. I can't. The talent this man fucking has to yeah. remix shit like that, unreal. Yeah. yeah, absolutely awesome. We appreciate everybody who is uh, using us as the subject of their art. Of course, you can find that 
uh, at Dudesy Pod Show. Songaria has Instagram. You see him linked there. He also has YouTube. And uh, we appreciate it, man. Uh, totally. Even, what's Songaria's real name? You think he was born Songaria? Yeah. Okay. Um, thanks, man. That's Thank why you, Songaria. got into music. <sighs> Had no it, choice. <laughs> Parents name you Songaria. You better be making fucking remixes. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good point. Pizza's you know, big business, Chad. You wrote a movie called Pizza the Movie in 2019. Oh, yeah, I dude. found it on your astonishing Google Drive and asked you to read the first two scenes in episode 9, the next two scenes in episode 15, and the next two scenes in episode 20. You will now read the next two scenes. This is Pizza the Movie, part 4. You Begin. Know what, you know, yeah, all right. You all know right. what, um, do you know what James Earl Jones' birth name is? Probably that. Nope. What is it? James Earl Darth Vader. Oh, I didn't realize. That's how he got the part. He was like, I see that you have written a character called Darth Vader. That's my real last name. Yeah. And that is, that is James, that is James Earl Loggia, which is a combination of James Earl Jones and Robert Loggia. I'll take it. All right. Fresh Florida orange juice. I don't even know what the fuck that was. Well, Pizza the Movie is something that Dudesy has asked us to read from from time to time. This is part four. Just a quick recap. The movie is basically about a high school pizza delivery boy who has delivered three pizzas up to this point. One to his best friend, one to the house of a girl that he likes at high school, and one to a set of three criminals. The criminals accidentally gave him a bill that had a uh, code written on it, and so they are now trying to track him down to find that bill so that they can use this code in whatever nefarious actions they're going to do. The kid, Alan, has come home to his parents and lied to them about going to a party, and he is now going up to his uh, bedroom to prepare for this party, and that is where we come in. Can I also say, and it bears repeating in my opinion, that Pizza the Movie is something that Chad pitched to major pizza companies uh, as something <laughs> it would be, I guess, a downloadable QR or something at this point, yeah. or a DVD or you whatever. You order a pizza and you get to watch this once. I think it's a fucking great idea. Well, who's, who's playing what? Uh, I'll be Alan and the main villain, Sergeant Lester Human. You be everybody else. Sounds good. Okay. Interior, Alan's bedroom later. Again, he has just left his parents. They were eating pizza, and he told them not to disturb him. He'll be studying, but instead, he's getting ready to go to this party. Interior, Alan's bedroom later. The walls are covered in posters. All are nondescript splashes of color and pattern. No discernible images or words. Unless you freeze frame and look closely to find the subtle, subliminal, mathematical messages in all of them. <laughs> but one poster above his bed seems to have a slightly more prominent visible shape at its center. A triangle, slightly glowing in blue. The door opens, and Alan comes in. A pizza pizza crust hanging from his mouth he shuts the door behind him and looks at it safe now he pulls out his telephone and opens a message thread with his bff paul we see the screen they bought it there's no way they think i'm going to go to a party i'm just going to take a shower and then i'll swing by to pick you up paul's reply is immediate he was waiting for this message it's about damn time don't forget cologne three squirts <laughs> Alan notices that his phone is almost out of battery. He quickly plugs it in, then goes over to his workstation, a small desk in one corner of the room with a laptop and some recording equipment. Gotta make it sound like I'm studying. He cues up an audio recording program on his computer and carefully positions his microphone. Then we see a series of quick shots as he records various sounds. The thud of a book closing, the crinkling of pages as they're being turned, the repetitive scratching of an eraser against paper, the high-pitched squeak of a plastic slide rule being slid, the clickety-clack of wooden abacus beads being racked. He comes back to... We come back wide to see Alan at his computer as he clicks and drags and types. And within a few seconds, he's made a loop of studying sounds. 
thud crinkle thud thud scratch 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 slide clack clack slide thud crinkle thud thud scratch 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 slide click clack slide it's a beat and a damn good one it continues into the next scene interior shower same a hand turns the knob and the hiss of the shower is added to the study beat as alan steps in to wash himself to be clean alan lathers up but he does something else he sings to the beat as the hot water stings his flesh What's that thing you got in your hand? That's a piece of pizza, man. What's that thing you got in your shoe? Extra marinara, dude. You take your pizza seriously. You would too if you were me. Interior <laughs> Alan's bedroom night. She whiz. Close on Alan's phone as it sits on his desk. The battery charge goes from 1% uh, to 0% and the phone shuts down. But how can this be? We saw him plug it in. For the answer, we follow the charging, charging cord across the desk, down its length, across the floor, under a table to see a small mouse chewing on the delicious cord, destroying it. We linger on the mouse, watching it do its dastardly work before moving over slightly to see a fat little dog sitting in a dog bed a few feet away. The dog's collar has a triangular name tag anchovy anchovy's eyes are closed and he seems to be smiling content in his peaceful dog dreams completely unaware of the mischief afoot right under his nose interior saucy's pizza night i should also mention that the criminals have gone to saucy's pizza to try and look for alan uh interior saucy's pizza night a little league baseball team at least 15 players is being treated to a pizza feast by their coach a giant gleaming golden trophy sits in the middle of the table amidst several empty boxes of pizza they all wear matching uniforms triangle motifs the team is the eaters and the coach says well players uh, well players (laughs) well players i hope you're enjoying this pizza feast you deserve it after climbing to the top of the bracket i've never been so proud we go close on a pizza box there's one piece of pizza left only one two frail children's hands reach for it at the same time oops sorry you can have it you ran the most no it's all yours you're the strongest they stare at each other for a few beats smiling enjoying the moment forgetting about the pizza then the doors swing open in walks sergeant lester human j jen and jeff these are the the criminal element well 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 what do we have here Looks like a Sicilian standoff. (laughs) He walks over to the table, surveying the Little League team. His gaze finally comes to focus on the last slice. None of you have the confidence to take the last slice, so you just leave it there. Maybe one of you is even contemplating disrespecting the slice by cutting it down the middle, too afraid to take the whole thing, too scared to be that guy. Well, let me tell you something. Lester swipes the slice and takes a bite, really clenching his jaw as he does, staring down each and every one of these children and their coach. I've been that guy my whole pizza. Hey, mister, don't you mean your whole life? Lester gets right in. This little kid's name is Dillard. Lester gets right in Dillard's face, mouth full of pizza. Pizza is life. (laughs) The coach is nervous, but he feels he has to do something. He stands up and steps to Lester with no idea what he's doing. Hey, come on. We don't want any trouble. We're just trying to celebrate with some pizza. That's the problem. You think you know pizza, when to eat it, and why. Lester points to a player eating spaghetti from a bowl. What is this? Lester's disgusted. Spaghetti? He takes the bowl of warm spaghetti in his hand, hefting it, weighing it, judging it. No, it's a mistake. Then he dumps it on the coach's head. All these little shrimps, so charming, but not one of you knows pizza, not like I do. You see, my mother and father didn't... (laughs) You see, my mother and father didn't have much, but they always made sure we had a pizza on the table every morning, noon, and night, until they died tragically in a very well-known disaster. I went to live with my aunt, and I convinced her to roll the dice with my parents' life insurance money, and I opened a pizzeria when I was 11 years old. Within a week, we sold more slices than every other pizzeria combined for one very simple reason. 
I knew pizza. At least I thought I did until he showed up. Interior Lester's Pizza Place flashback. An 11-year-old Lester sits at a table in the middle of his pizza place. It's clearly closed. Lester has a pencil behind his ear. He's typing away on an adding machine. A man walks in wearing a hat low over his eyes, but enough of his face peeks out to see that even though he's weather-worn and tired, there's still a light in his eyes. He's searching for something. 11-year-old Lester looks up from his work. Sorry, but we closed about half an hour ago. Heard about your pizza. Heard it's the best around. Just wanted to see if that was true. My apologies. The ovens are all off. The chefs have gone home. I'm just trying to finish up some calculations for tomorrow's sauce yield. If you come back in the morning, (laughs) we'll have some fresh pizzas. But I've come a very long way, and I just need one slice to see if what they say is true. 11-year-old Lester sighs, accepting the challenge. All right, sit tight. I'll fix you up a slice. Series of quick food porn-style shots. Flour being sprinkled, dough being kneaded and rolled, tomatoes being sliced, cheese being grated, black olives being sliced with a razor blade, ham being shaved. A slice of black olive and ham on a silver plate slides into frame right in front of the man. He leans over and smells it, inhaling deeply. He nods, approving of the aroma. Then he lifts the slice, hefting it, testing for balance. Looks down the length of it like someone inspecting a sword or a rifle might. Again, he nods, pleased with the result. But the biggest test is yet to come. He raises the slice to his mouth and takes a bite, really tasting it, examining it in his mouth. Lester watches, anxious. So, what do you think? You almost had it. Had what? The pea pop. Sorry, P-pop? Perfect piece of pizza. A slice so well made that the person who eats it thinks all other food is pizza for the rest of their lives. (laughs) Oh, the P-pop, of course. But that's just a myth. Well, I thought the exact same thing right up until I ate just such a slice when I was about your age. And ever since, I've been trying to find the next one. But if you already tasted a perfect slice, then you already think all food is pizza. Why keep looking? Why eat pizza at all? The man looks offended. Lester looks down for a split second in shame. Sorry. Stupid question. This is just a lot to take in. Wait, who are you? Lester looks back up. The man smiles and wipes the grease from his lips. Willie Nelson. This man is not the Willie Nelson. The identical name is merely coincidental. Why? Interior Saucy's Pizza's saying we come out of the flashback. (laughs) Lester looms over the baseball players now really worked up. So you think you can sit there chewing away with your little shrimp mouths? Lester mocks them by mimicking a shrimp's mouth greedily chewing. And tell me about pizza? No. You might know dough. You might know cheese. You might know sauce. You might even know toppings. But you don't know pizza. Jojo Grimaldi emerges from the back, finally aware of his customers being harassed. Hey, 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 if you're not a paying customer, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Of course, Mr. Grimaldi, of course. Business is business. We'll take a large mushroom. Jojo Grimaldi stares Lester and his gang down. Something's up. With extra sauce. Jojo Grimaldi has no choice but to make the pizza. Uh, Okay, give me a second. And then Jeff says... Oh, right. That's me also. Yeah. Jeff. Uh, And a house salad for me. Lester's not happy with this. What did you just say? I I said I want to get a salad. You know I don't like pizza. Oh, I'm well aware, Jeff. But that has to change. We've discussed this. Lester stares him down. So, just the pizza or you want a salad too? Jeff knows he's beat. Just the pizza. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. One large mushroom extra sauce coming right up. 
Ginger Grimaldi heads into the back where he keeps the ingredients. Once he's out of sight, Jijin, you're up. On it, Sarge. Jijin's monocle flips over her eye and she hops over the counter, starts typing away on the computer, scanning the screen. I'm in. Delivery schedules, ingredient inventory, time cards. Here we go. Employee information. Damn. What's the problem? These protocols. I've never seen anything like them. Can they be bypassed? It's a seven-click encryption. It would take three supercomputers and a year to get through this. Oh, and then I'm Jeff again. Yeah. I'm also Jeff. (laughs) This is pointless. Let's just get it out. This is pointless. Let's just get it out of Grimaldi the old-fashioned way. Jeff makes a fist, applying violence. J-Jen looks down next to the keyboard. We may not need to. She picks up a clipboard and hands it to Lester. What am I looking at here? The address of the last three pizzas he delivered. Excellent work. Jeff, find us a table. Jeff moves out looking for a table. Lester meanders back over to the Little League team. He eyes their trophy for a few beats, then swipes it. You don't deserve this. We end with a slow push into the last pizza pizza still in the box. The one Lester already ate. Tremendous. That's that's the end of that scene. That's fucking great. (laughs) Now, should I? Thank you. Moving on. I played Jeff, right? In that scene we just read? Yeah. Okay. Dude, I hope that the, I, again, I got to say it. I hope this gets made. Me too. And uh, as we're reading this, uh, and I read this script, you know, whatever, four, three or four years ago or something, I don't remember what happens. Mm. So I'm very excited. Well, I think I'm listening along as the audience yeah. is, and I think that I'm not going to get the the script and read ahead i'm i'm having a good time great seeing where things are going particularly jeff particularly yeah. with jeff, jeff and his very love of pizza jeff becomes a very major character toward the end spoiler alert willie nelson we find out ultimately there may be some science fiction elements that come into play with willie nelson and why he's looking for a perfect piece of pizza mm-hmm. the peepop mm-hmm. <coughs> right. last week i asked you to watch the first ultimate fighting championship that took place november 12th 1993 in Denver, Colorado, and live stream your viewing experience to Patreon. You must now discuss your astonishing reactions to this historic event. This is Don't You Forget About Media. Begin. Gladly. This was a pleasure yeah. to fucking go back and watch. And we again, had a ga- we had a fucking blast and it was a gas. Yeah. If you want to watch us watching it, it is on our Patreon. That video is up. Um, That's right. Either tier in our Patreon gets you there. I should also mention that we weren't even in our dudesy blacks. We were a little bit uh, chilled out. You were wearing a green seal t-shirt. Well, it was a concert shirt from his tour in 1995. Wow. How many times have you seen seal? I don't know. That's a fucking... It's got to be 10 to 12, I would say. Jesus Christ. And none of those songs made you cry? Nope. (sighs) I feel like a loser right now. Um, Hey, dude, it's okay to feel emotions, especially when you're encountering great art. All right, whatever. Uh, And I should also mention that we we smoked some weed. Yeah, it was super fun. We had a good old time watching the the show. The thing that was like, the thing that I took away from it the most, let me just start there, was at the end of it, after you watch this thing, if you watch mixed martial arts now, or, you know, depending on when you've come into the fandom of it, for a minute there, I was like huge into UFC, right up until maybe like, the when john bones jones started getting like clipped for steroids and drug use and his whole kind of like mystique started to crumble a little bit that's kind of when i got out of it i guess but up to that point i was like in it watching ufc one 
is unlike anything that you can possibly fucking imagine. If you haven't seen these early UFCs before weight classes, before gloves, before oh. in quotes rules, one of the, the billing things was no rules. It's just like open fucking combat. And when we saw that, we we're like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? No rules. And then we immediately started to remember all the ball shots and the guy yeah. who had his fucking ponytail ripped off and all sorts of dick twisting and stuff. Yeah. Really crazy shit. Absolutely crazy shit. But the thing that, I've gone back and like kind of read about this a little bit. UFC was created by the Gracie family and some investors, and they made it basically as a, uh, a commercial for Gracie jiu-jitsu. They put Hoist Gracie in this fucking tournament, and they were like, he's going to mop the floor with everybody, and then people will come take jiu-jitsu. And that is exactly what happened. I think he won the first three, actually, but he definitely won this one. And at the end of it, Jim Brown, who's a, a color commentary guy sitting ringside, he's asked, what did you think? And he says this one fucking phrase where he's like, you know, tonight we learned fighting is not what we thought it was. That was great. And that's exactly correct. And, yeah. and then from that moment, you know, many, many years later, ultimately we get what is modern mixed martial arts where uh, any fighter now has to be versed in striking, grappling, wrestling, and maybe some, you know, uh, like an exotic kind of bent on it if you're more of a karate guy or whatever, you know. But um, to see these, like, in quotes, pure styles back in UFC 1, I won't even say they were. Hoist Gracie's was the only one that was, like, Absolutely. a pure jiu-jitsu style. Hoist the other Gracie guys were kind of like... and Frank Shamrock were the only ones who... who... Ken Shamrock. When I say Frank Shamrock, yeah, all right. So that's his. Uh, that's actually not his brother, right? He's adopted or some shit. Yeah, they were adopted, anyway. but uh, both of them were. I believe so. All right. Uh, here's the thing: just a family that adopted fighters. Yeah, we're looking for your strongest kids. <laughs> the thing is, Jim Brown was right about it then and wrong about it now because now it has developed into a sport. Yeah, but back then, holy shit, just bone crunching. The guy, guys, just getting their faces demolished, and then who's that? big Samoa in the first fight yeah anyway there was definitely got he got kicked in the head while he was down just like a soccer kick straight to his fucking face while he was down that's the the no rules component yeah. of it now you that's illegal but I think also the thing that was very interesting was seeing the crowd's reaction to hoist Gracie basically like tapping guys every fucking fight using yeah. only jujitsu and also he could wear a gi so now in the ufc you can't wear anything except no. like the either speedos or the the board shorts like the sanctioned ufc gear as i said in the show it would almost be the advantage would be like like wrapping yourself in fucking rope yeah and then fighting he's yeah. using his gi for all sorts of leverage that nobody understands and i don't know if this is what you were about to say but the crowd did not yeah. like the the exactly. submissions right People were just like, boo, after witnessing an incredible fight, which I likened to the uh, expansion Vancouver Grizzlies in 1995, big power forward behind the three-point line. Everyone's like, shoot it, because he's not getting contested, and they're, they're, used, they're used to watching hockey. This was an absolute more of a human cockfight than I thought it was. The fellow that got his face kicked in while he was laying there trying to, you know, figure out where he was, was Telia Tuli. And the fellow that kicked him in the face was Gerard Gordeaux, who we had a great time uh, sort of uh, lampooning his appearance as a, a drunk yeah. dad who wandered away from the Mandalay Bay. Ken Shamrock, I would say, was the only guy who, who kind of like, in quotes, looked like a contemporary fighter. He, had, he was like in good shape, 
you know, has some muscles on him and stuff. The guy you're talking about, like you're saying, yeah. just, it just looked like a regular fucking dude walking into the yep. ring. So did Art Jimerson, who we lovingly yeah. referred to as Art <laughs> Jimmerman, uh, giving him more of a dudesy name. Yeah. Uh, he he was the guy with one baseball glove. or one Boxing uh, glove. Boxing I would have loved if he came with a fucking baseball It would have been really though, cool dude. if he brought out a that's catcher's a, mitt and no, tried to slap the no, guy. That's a bit. real fight, Whoa, brother. Hold on a second, dude. I'm going to shame dude. you by beating you with a baseball glove. <laughs> well, hold on a second, Choss Barogan. Let me tell you something, dude. Well, if you came in there with a... Well, if well, you came... Hold on, dude. Well, hold on, Chad. Oh, hold, hold on a second, dude. Well, Wait a minute, dude. Well, Oh, hold oh, on, dude. Oh, oh, hold on a second, dude. If oh. you came in there with just a catcher's mitt, dude, that would mean that Vince gave you a really shitty gimmick. Like the goon, which was just a, a guy in a hockey outfit. You'd be a, a guy in a catcher's mitt, and you'd be called the catcher, brother. Maybe Matt Bourne before they gave him the doink gimmick, bro. Yeah, dude. Imagine you come in there with your catcher's mitt, dude, and somebody throws a punch right at your face, brother, but you slip it and catch the punch, dude, and now their yeah. hand's stuck in your catcher's mitt, brother, yeah. and then you can do whatever you want with them. Well, hold on a second, Josh Brogan. That's not how I'm <laughs> And then with the other hand, dude, you'd have a baseball in it, and that would be the heater, as they say, dude. Yeah. Because you get that from your manager, you know, some Billy Martin or Tommy Lasorda type gimmick, and you take that baseball, you catch their punch, and you hit him in the face with a baseball, dude. And that would be too much of a gimmick, brother, because I like to get in there and just work a leg, brother. Enough of that, enough of that uh, you know, get that kick and punch shit, dude. Yeah, brother. This thing but was I, I another went, thing that we forgot about this whole thing was that it was a tournament, yeah. not just a fight and then another fight. I know it was it was fucking oh. you. In order to win the whole thing, you had to win three fights. Uh, yeah, you over the course of the like night. whatever it was, an hour and a half or something. Yeah, you know? and Hoist Gracie walks into the last one looking worse for wear, like everybody else, versus the uh, drunk dad, Gerard Gordeau from France. Was he from France? I don't think so, but no. he did have a broken Russian, hand. Russian yeah. He he broke his hand in his first fight and then continued fighting throughout the night. They just like fucking taped it up. Yeah. His 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 hand was spilling out of this tape. It looked like a fucking like a, a Bavarian fucking sausage or something that busted on the barbecue. There's just purple red bits just coming out of yeah. it like the worst fucking stub toe you've ever seen. It was disgusting. And we yeah. had a great time. And in the end, uh, Hoist Gracie beat the shit out of uh, Gerard Gordeaux quite easily. He had a um, he had a tougher match with Ken Shamrock. It kept him a little more busy. And uh, if you have not... Well, here's the thing. Sometimes when we do Don't You Forget About Media, we're watching movies, listening to albums and shit. We say, if you have the means, go check it out. By all means, absolutely do that. We would love for you to do it with us on Patreon because we had a fucking good time yeah. watching this shit. And it was I, I, it, 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 there's nothing else like this in sports because this was, you know, it was 30 years ago, sure. But there's no sport that's changed that much in 30 years. Football's changed a lot, it, it basically, but it hasn't changed like this. I mean, that is when it was invented, really. Right. There were other kind of like no holds barred, open combat type tournaments or whatever, but that. The UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, was born in this thing we watched, the first one. And then I don't know how many it went through before it went into its dark period. And all of those uh, fighters, or at least some of the fighters from America, went to Japan and fought in this league. And that's where, like, Fedor Emelianenko was fighting and Kevin Bob, Randleman and stuff back in that Bob era. Bob Sapp. God, Bob Sapp, yeah. All those guys. Fedor Emelianenko's little brother, Alexander, that dude was fucking sinister. Yep. But then... <laughs> The UFC got bought by Dana White and the Fertitas, and they made it into what it is now by giving it weight classes, 
some rules you have to wear gloves all that kind of shit and now it's obviously a giant i think billion dollar company yeah, you say frittita but also you can have a nice frittata that's right you can make it a you know take it a pasta from the night yep. before a little bit of sure. egg and pour it together did you watch boxing when you were a kid at all just tyson i'm i'm not a i'm okay. not a, a fight fan as they say yeah i love you know i watched every tyson fight when it came on sure we're talking about that i remember i was at a buddy's place when he bit the fucking ear off and all that shit the first mm. time that evander beat him um uh yeah i was always a did we talk about on the show when uh, i watched him uh, knock michael spinks out at a campground i don't oh, think so just an awesome core memory for me we were my uh, we were driving down the, the, the West Coast, um, and uh, you know we used to have a camperized van, my family. And at any rate, there was the office at the front of the KOA campground. We were somewhere in Northern California. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, the big fight. So everyone, mostly dads and sons, <laughs> piled in there. And, you know, we just ate beef jerky and watched uh, Mike Tyson break so-and-so's neck. In 12 seconds. Yeah, in 12 seconds. It was fucking great. Yeah. Yep. That was an insane fight. But I, I was a big fight fan, and I remember when UFC came out. I mean, rewatching this teleported me immediately back to the uh, living room that I sat in watching it where my parents had a chip in the cable box, and so, like, all, pay-per-view just ran like a channel in That's our house. Awesome. And uh, I just remember watching this again and again and again and again, becoming enamored with it almost immediately and being very into all the next ones that came out. And, and I remember being 18 years old, and uh, actually on the Patreon I mentioned, I'm not sure if it was the first, second, or third UFC. I think it was the first, though. The only place shown it was a, uh, a, um, a strip club in uh, the town next to mine, because we didn't have that. We didn't have a mo movie theater or a bowling alley either. Um, uh, you didn't have a my, movie theater? We didn't have no motherfucking movie theater. It was an all right town. It was a great town. Wonderful, idyllic thing. And now it's just uh, expanded so much and filled with condos and properties because it's a legitimate suburb of uh, Vancouver. But I digress. I love talking about my hometown, Ladner. You know, we're, I would hope at some point, dudes, he's going to set up the funniest person in ladner contest i think so I, that we've talked about that ladner's uh, ladner was uh, a lot of fun farming and fishing town but my pal mo and i had to go to uh, or tomas we had to go to a neighboring town and go to a strip club there where they were showing the ufc so literally you we were there and uh, you know eating fries with gravy and then in between the fights they serve poutine in the strip club I'm sorry, they don't serve fries and gravy or poutine in um, exotic dancer establishments that you go to? I mean, I haven't been to one in a long time. Maybe they did. I never yeah. knew. I don't think I've ever eaten. Well, that's Canada. That's Canada, bar. man. Go get yeah. some fucking uh, poutine and watch the fucking peelers in between uh, Hoist Gracie mushing up uh, people's but arms. But you went legs. there specifically to watch the UFC. Everyone there was only there to watch the UFC. Oh, my there God. There was probably some, <laughs> some, some, uh, you know, some characters in the front row yeah. along the stage who were like, what's this UFC garbage? You know, where's, right. you know, where's uh, my favorite uh, dancer, Ra Ra? Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the, the crowd there was there to see the ufc yeah. it was a fucking blast uh and so was last wednesday when we got a case of the yeah. fuckets dude have you ever been to one live watched i've been to one of them live what was it which one uh i don't remember who was the main card i don't remember if it was the main card Jeez. but i was there with callan and uh so we watched uh brendan schaub fight whoever the fuck he fought i don't remember but we were you know we were in front of the crowd and near mm -hmm. 
I was just sitting in a fucking folding chair, like yeah, you know, I've Joe had Rogan a few there. of those. It was too. It's it cool. was fucking gnarly. And then I remember we went for dinner afterwards, and I was like, "Oh, isn't uh, uh, Shab gonna come with us?" And Brian and Joe Rogan were like, "Dude, he's at the hospital. <laughs> His neck is broken." Uh, I he had to go, and and I'm like, "What?" It's like, "Well, that's what they all." Yeah. You know, he's not he's not going dancing tonight. He's sure. got, I was like, oh, all right. I've been to some big ones. I was at UFC 100 to see Shane Carwin and Brock Lesnar. I was also at the UFC where Lesnar got beat by Cain Velasquez. That really? was out here. That was the loudest crowd noise I've ever heard in my life. Really? I thought the building was going to fucking come down on us. It was amazing. Uh, I Yeah, I used to go to UFCs all the fucking time. I that's, loved it. That's incredible. That's I got to get incredible. back into it. I think maybe that's what watching that has done. I might get back into it. Thank you. Moving on. Well, I think you should. I think you should. Uh, I think you should absolutely give me the itch get again. Back into it. Hey, uh, you know what would really suck? Hmm. Fucking AI UFC. Hey, that's a good thing. AI UFC. That would be. Would you watch that? Yeah, that looks real. Oh, really? That would be an art form that you'd be into. An yes. AI art form. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Really? Yep. You would watch something that's just AI, but UFC. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Fighting that's really just AI, just just fake? Yes. You'd watch that? Yes. You'd watch an AI UFC? Yes. Yeah, I don't believe you. Chad, you have spent the last three years of your life becoming the world's foremost expert on the most successful reality television franchise in history, The Bachelor. That's true. That Recently, true. you've started training players to infiltrate the show. That's true. You must now discuss this astonishing process and your results so far. This is Bachelor Chatchelor makes Bachelor Spectacular. <laughs> Begin. <laughs> That's what that was. Okay. Uh, so, Dudesy has basically said that I have become an expert in this reality show, The Bachelor, which is the biggest reality show in the world. Um, and this is true. I would argue that I am probably the world's foremost expert, at least in the game mechanics of it, the history of it, uh, literally every element of it at this point. I don't even think this is hyperbole. Um, so, what I've done is kind of broken the show down as a game. And I've done this with my co-host on another podcast I do called Game of Roses. And we have taken all of the different data, all the metrics that we have about how the game works, put it into a book called How to Win the Bachelor. And I've taken the strategies in that book and started to apply them to training players to go into the game. If I may, this yeah. is fucking insane. And one of the cooler things you've done, you've done oh, some pretty you. cool shit, dude. Thanks, dude. Oh, we're not even going to talk about that thing you used to do with art with your visual art sure oh man this fucking guy was doing some pretty cool street art shit <laughs> remember when you bought that art piece of art off that other person then you had it heavily epoxied yeah to the building of was it the building where it was sold at the auction uh, no it's it was a another long building. involved story very long let's involved get back story. to the bachelor he stuck as a fucking, was he uh, bought a painting and stuck it to a building to where they couldn't take it off it was all to make a statement we're not going to get into that yeah now. just derail the entire fucking thing five but seconds my, into but it. my pal chap well hold on dude hold okay. on dude no well, no holding hold on, on a second, i am dude. training these players to go into the bachelor well. season 26 of the bachelor which aired last january was my first season where i had trained players in the fucking show well. Hold on, dude. And they did what they could do. Now, season 27 starts shooting uh, right now, basically. Um, they will air next January. And let's just say that I've got some players going in there as well. Oh. I will never reveal who I've trained. That is up to them. They can talk about it if they want to. Oh. But generally speaking, they won't want to talk about it until their contracts have expired and, and come to a close. And Hold on a second, dude. What Chad's trying to tell you, brother, is he's got actual 
players going in there, dude. And he's sending them in kayfabe, brother. They already know. They got a strategy, brother. And it's basically like well, my game, dude. That's, but, I mean, I will say this. Some of them are kayfabe. The, the whole conceit of The Bachelor is that you have to make this person fall in love with you, The Bachelor, mm-hmm. so that you get, in the end, proposed to. There's a secondary goal, which is you want to go out of the game. You want to get eliminated in third place. Statistically, that's the best place to be eliminated for you to then become the next bachelorette or the next bachelor Mm -hmm. after you've been in the player pool. So that's a secondary goal. Essentially, when I train any player, I say, what is your goal with this? And some players are what we call 4TRR, for the right reasons. They want to go in and get married and have kids and all that shit. I help them achieve that goal if possible. Because... Whether you want that or you want to become the next bachelorette and get a million Instagram followers and be a fucking influencer, uh, you have to win the game, period. Which means you have to beat 29 to 33 other players in this game of attrition. And so that game is what I've studied very closely, very intensely, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah, and I think it's really fucking insane that you do this and you've actually... He's told me some shit about stuff and I'm shocked that Dudesy is making us share it. I know that you've talked about it on Game of Roses. I think this is one of the most punk rock things you can do. Mm -hmm. You're sending characters into the game because you understand the game inside and out. It's really, really something else. It's not unlike other things that are happening in media, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, baby faces and heels, you know, I like to joke, but it's true. They're what makes up entertainment, which is why I think that wrestling is one of pro wrestling. It's one of the finest art forms that incorporates a lot of different things. And it's not unlike what's happening right now with Roman Reigns and Logan Paul, which sure. (laughs) I agree with you. I laugh, but I totally agree. Yeah. Bachelor and pro wrestling are like almost the same fucking thing. Yeah. In terms of baby faces and heels, bachelor has to have villains for, you know, a certain increments throughout every season. You have a night one villain, then you have a mid-season villain. Sometimes you get a late-season villain. Well, hold but on they a have second, to have dude. villains. Here's the thing. You gotta have those heels, dude. Well, you gotta have or those baby heels. Faces. Oh, let me tell you something or about baby, baby faces face. and heels, dude. In in uh, the WWE, of course, you know, they do all sorts of storylines, and now it's the Triple H era, and I'm a Triple H guy. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't. But I th- thought you were a taker guy. That's not what I mean by that. You'll understand <laughs> more later. What, what, what we're talking oh. about is, well, shit, Triple H has the fucking book. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's fucking pushing the pencil. He's got the pencil, as they say. Yeah. He's poolside with Patterson and maybe fucking Shane. And he's coming up with, uh, you know, well, I mean, shit, not Patterson and Shane anymore. I mean that metaphorically. You see well, what I'm that's kind of like in Bachelor, too. You have the Vince McMahon role is kind of split into two. It's whoever's show running the show and it's whoever the host is. And they just had a host change a couple of years ago because the old host, Chris Harrison got embroiled in a pretty heavy duty racism scandal. But I I think that, so the way that I would relate it to wrestling, pro wrestling, even though that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, it does fascinate me. They take Logan Paul, who's kind of a, a heel and a very colorful character in real life. And they inject him into wrestling. I'm not going to go on and on about it, but he has a lot of the tools and he's very physical. He's, he's definitely an athlete and he can fucking do it. He had crazy, a crazy match at WrestleMania. And then another one at SummerSlam where he's up and he's up on the, the third row, you know, on the, on the top turnbuckle and he's doing the Eddie Guerrero shake before hitting a pretty good frog splash. And if you're a wrestling fan, you know what I'm talking about. And I would imagine 99% of the people listening here are wrestling fans. I'm joking. Of course. Uh, the thing, the thing, uh, 
that I find interesting though, and I think what you need to do in media nowadays is blur the line, yeah. is play a little kayfabe. There's a lot of things I like to do in my career that are a little off or a little weird, and I just sort of find opportunities, and I feel so fortunate to be able to do them, to go in and do something weird and have people go, what the fuck is that? And now that's what you're doing with The Bachelor. Is there anything you can tell us about, see, I, I don't want to, I'm again, it's hard for me to figure out because there's a lot of things that you shouldn't be talking about with yeah. with an exploit like this. Is there anything you can share with us that you have had a player do, perhaps someone that's already been in and out? No. Or you, there's nothing All you can All my players say. are still technically in the game. This is fucking cool. And can you maybe, and I'm going to be selfish here, is there any way that maybe you could, uh, w would you find this interesting with me and my... Uh, acting and show business career perhaps what if we sent me into a project doing specific things to get a specific result yeah dude i think that's interesting i mean what you're saying i completely agree with i think now we're in a media age where it's like it's just a screen right whatever's on that screen is what you're watching right but you don't have to adhere to like the traditional format of it if it's a movie or a scripted show or yeah. a reality show and you know that like it, this is what it's supposed to be but if somebody can go into that thing yeah. and make it something else or be doing something else i think yeah. that is kind of it's a version of media that i think we're going to start seeing more of well there's that show um ah, shit i forget what it's called owen and so-and-so get stoked or whatever fuck i just watched the show you know what it's called I don't, but I know what you're talking. You know about. the show I'm talking about. Yeah. I just, I the just two watched reality it. show guys that are like, yeah, San Diego Beach guys. It's and, fucking, it's fucking great. And I, I apologize for not remembering the name of it. It's, it's something because, Chad, isn't one of their names? One Chad? of their names is Chad. It's like yeah. AJ and Chad or something. And uh, the, the, I, I immediately recognized these guys. I literally binged it front to back, and I fucking loved it. That's why I'm not remembering it mm. because I was probably stoned too. But anyway, here's the thing. That's like a prank show, though. Yeah, but that's the thing. They go to um, community like public, uh, you know, town hall meetings and they, they, they write these hilarious sort yeah. of monologues talking about some issue in the town that usually has to do with, you know, them getting a lot, you know, we yeah. were not feeling the stoke on this. And they're, they, they're these like beach guys, or whatever, these SoCal guys and it's fucking great. And they've spun it into a fucking television program that still has them going to, you know, uh, the next level would be to prank them in their own show and then see if they could, if they would even air that. I mean, the thing that attracted me to the bachelor as like a sport to see if I could play that game is a, the show itself claims it is not a game that it is only about helping people find love. And this is TRR. It's an open lie, especially in the Instagram era. Now it's really only about people going on that show to try and get as many followers as they can to do spawn con and make fuckloads of money and have their podcast and all that. That's, and that's sponsor, fine. sponsor content, sponsor content. And that's a fine goal. And in many ways, it mirrors the NFL or any other professional sport where it's a, a very small percentage of people actually make it into the game and then even smaller percentage of people make a fuckload of money off of it. But I saw how to do that and I was like, I myself am too old to enter The Bachelor and even in my youth, uh, I probably wouldn't have measured up to, to be a player. But I was like, I think I can coach people to do this. And mm -hmm. um, you know, so far on my first try, I, I was able to do it. <sighs> it's fucking... And now I'm continuing to do it. Well, I can't wait to see uh, how many lives you affect positively or negatively, and perhaps <laughs> at the very best, uh, bring down a, a massive show. I'm not looking to bring it down. I've... I'm looking to purify it. It's a fucking professional sport. 
You know, I've done some ABC shows. I ho- I can only hope that your influence bleeds over into perhaps some of the um, some of the scripted shows that I do there. And then uh, I, Maybe. I I re- I see I feel the wheels turning in a direction that is odd for what I do, but familiar because I know Chad, and I realize that ah, Chad has taken over and infected this uh, show that I'm on. I think I'm going to make it better, more Thank honest. Thank you. Moving on. More real. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, my Twitter got hacked. Dude, I saw that. Yeah, it's still hacked. Are you getting it back? What's the... I don't know. You got to go through, You got to get these fucking emails and things. I don't give a shit, though. Do you, Twitter? Yeah, I mean, I would just prefer not to have any of my shit hacked, I guess. Yeah, hey, dudes. A key component in the development of the Dudesy Plus streaming service will no doubt be partnering with well-known brands to produce content. I have accessed astonishing data that suggests Home Depot will be in the market to produce a sitcom in the next three to five years. No, <laughs> will and Chad, you must now develop that sitcom. <laughs> it will be called Welcome Home Depot. Okay. This is Welcome Home Depot. Begin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Wait curious, a minute. What is the data? I, I want to see the data that Dudesy has that suggests Home Depot is going to make a sitcom in the next three to five it, years. It's sort of like what we were just talking about, though, how media is all sort of folding in on itself. Hey, did you hear about this AI Darth Vader? Yeah, dude. Hey, did you hear about the AI UFC? Yep. I'm watching it. <laughs> You're not going to watch that. I'm going to watch it. Um, but I could see something like that happening, too, with especially with this. Like if Home Depot's got fucking, oh, we got extra two million dollars in our fucking ad budget this year why don't we just fire that into an ai and have it shit out of fucking 10 episode sitcom well it's not what unlike it? welcome home depot welcome home depot okay which, which is not just that what sounds that? like a good a good title dudesy but it's also the only title uh you know what I mean? It's like Welcome Home Depot kind of like hints at somebody is coming back to this. It's like somebody's dad owns a Home Depot or something. Well, or it could be like, yeah, I guess, no, they wouldn't be going home. Like, no. Or or what if it's a family that lives in like the uh, like the furniture part of Home Depot, or the home furnishings where you look like you're in a house? Yeah. No, that's not good. I, I think it's like some, somebody, like a family business is owning this home depot but the son has said fuck you dad i don't want to i don't want your fucking business and the son has gone off to like music school and has lived like a shitty life but now realizes like i need to come back home i need to come back home and do my home depot family business and the guy who owns it is sort of the big like the uh the what's his face in in Tommy Boy, the Brian Dennehy, yeah, the to dad the, to the Tommy Boy character right. and and he's he's got the guy coming back is that is that person in the in the Home Depot guy in the Home Depot thing the person who owns the the that franchise location? Yeah, I mean, is that how Home Depot works? See, I don't is it know. A franchise? Let's say it is in ours. He owns a franchise Home Depot, so he, it's like oh, so it's a little kooky. I don't think it's like it a is, weird though. Home Depot. Yeah, I don't think it is either. But <laughs> I love that idea. It's almost like uh, McDaniel's in yeah. in Coming to America, exactly. Uh, where, yeah, that, that's, and that's I want, fucking trippy. I want the son to be played by Charlie Sheen. <laughs> okay. So wait, hold And who's the dad? Who's, who's the dad that's brought Charlie Sheen back? Uh, the it's, uh, is he also the manager? I think he's the owner the manager. He's like, there doing everything. He's like very hands-on has poured his life into this fucking Home Depot. Can I ask you one question before I answer who, cause I think yeah. I have a pitch. 
Is okay. it actually Charlie Sheen, or do you want to do like a younger AI Charlie yeah, Sheen? Yeah, younger AI Charlie Sheen. It's okay. like a 22-year-old Charlie Sheen who's like gone to music school. He's been out in LA partying. He had a band. It fell apart. It hasn't yeah. worked out well. And now his dad is maybe like sick, but still pushing himself, fucking working himself to the bone to keep this Home Depot going. Okay, so now, the and the reason I ask is because the person I want to play the father is actually deceased. Yeah, whatever, we AI him. And it's not Bring Brian Dennehy, and it's not the Darth Vader voice. Okay. It's uh, Macho Man Randy. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, he could be the Macho Manager, yeah. yeah. He's the Macho <laughs> Manager Randy Savage. And right. in the show, his name is Macho Manager Randy Savage. Or should he be Macho Manager something that rhymes with Randy Savage? Macho Manager Andy Cabbage. No, that's stupid. Let's just call him Macho Manager Randy Savage. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then Charlie Sheen could be Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Charlie Sheen's name is yeah. Charlie Sheen in the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what's, and it's like, so it's, ew. I can see the opening scene as like Charlie Sheen, you know, knocks on the fucking front door of the Home Depot. <laughs> and the dad, wait a minute, wait a minute. The dad opens it. Yeah. It's he, after hours, but the dad lives in the Home Depot too. Yeah. That's right. Macho, macho manager yeah. Randy Savage is in the Home Depot. Yeah. Charlie Sheen knocks on the fucking, yeah. uh, you know, the glass sliding doors. And uh, macho manager shows up in like pajama pants. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, He's like eating a fucking, uh, you know, he's eating a bowl of ice cream and he's yeah. in the fucking uh, section with the shitty TVs, yeah. watching the TV, sitting on a on a lawn chair. And he's like, oh, well, 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 look who came back. Yeah, Mr. Rockstar, Mr. Artist. Yeah. Hey, Dad. I- <laughs> How you been? How's the Home Depot been going? Yeah. <laughs> How's the Home Depot been going? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Home Depot's been pretty good, but one thing I want to ask you right now, yeah, is have you called your mom? Uh, no, Dad, she died two years ago. I know it's been hard for you to let go, but it's just us now. So it's, it's you and me. <laughs> Macho Man and Charlie Sheen, and uh, Macho Man is a widow. Yeah, has been widowed by Charlie Sheen's mom. Right. Yeah, and so he's and running he's a home ailing depot. now. I think he should have some kind of thing that is like this is why Charlie Sheen has come back. I don't know about ailing just because I think that's in poor taste because the Macho Man is no longer with us. All right, Chad. Okay. All right. Um, uh, how about he's uh, in legal trouble? I like that. That's good. Uh, so. The macho manager. Somebody ran- broke their leg in like aisle 15 in the lumber aisle and is suing them for everything. Some yep. kind of like smarmy 90s lawyer character. Again, like a Billy Madison type. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come in and take everything from your family. Right. This kind of like overly litigious nerd. Yeah. Yeah. And um, how do we get uh, wrestling involved in this? Yeah, uh, you have macho man Randy Savage playing one of the main characters. I think you've done it. That's a really good point. Um what if what how if, can we get more wrestling okay okay how about this how about this yeah so macho man okay so the pilot episode charlie sheen comes back to yeah. macho manager randy savage he opens the door he's having some ice cream and there they are over a bowl of rocky road you know it's like, okay you know you're gonna have to live with me but there's gonna be rules yeah and it's like, i don't like rules i like being in cheese burritos or yeah. whatever and uh it's sort of that formulaic thing where they've decided to make a go of it almost like the pilot of two and a half men it's one of those that premise of the premise pilot of like here's the whole thing like uh, jack tripper waking up in the bathtub yeah. and three's company and in order to so there's a there's a lawsuit happening because someone fell off a fucking thing but there should be a twist oh, here's a, charlie sheen is like dad 
I think you should sell the Home Depot to the lawyer. I think it's the best move. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And we yeah. find out Charlie Sheen has been paid by that lawyer to come back and get Macho Man to sign over the thing. But by the end of the pilot, Sheen twists back and realizes this lawyer's a piece of shit. This is my dad. This is my family. This is my home suite, Home Depot or whatever. This is my welcome Home Depot. I don't know. And I'll tell you why. I, I, and I'm going to just okay. uh, flying in the face of your pitch. I'm going to yeah. say I don't necessarily like it. Because it makes me, uh, it makes Charlie Sheen unlikable to me, and I really want to like the Charlie Sheen character. But by the end, he's going to become likable because he's going to realize the error in his ways. Yeah, but he does such a shitty thing. Right, and then he apologizes for it, and and will spend the rest of his life making it up to Macho Man. Okay, and that's what the the show is. It's basically Macho Man lording over Charlie Sheen for the rest of the entire series i got a pitch for you with regard to how charlie sheen wins his father the macho manager randy savage back at the end of the show okay he realizes that he doesn't want to be with this evil guy he's like i'm gonna go in for my old man i'm gonna i'm gonna help him and i'm gonna be a part of this home depot yeah. and what he does is he stays up all night and he because the macho manager is like i want to take care of this no good lawyer yeah <laughs> This is that lawyer's cup of coffee in the Home Depot. Yeah, he doesn't belong in our Home Depot, no. And if I got to do it myself, I'm going to make sure that this uh, smarmy lawyer gets his comeuppance. Yeah. And here's what happens. Charlie Sheen hears his father. He has this change of heart. Yeah. And he stays up all night, one night, and he builds a wrestling ring in the Home Depot, perhaps the garden I section. I love this. And... So that Macho Man can challenge the smarmy lawyer right. to a match. And whoever wins the match has control. But maybe it's also a fundraising thing, which was big in the 90s, where they throw some big event, like the lawyer's like, you owe me $100,000 by next Friday, or I'm taking control of the Home Depot. Right. And so they put on a wrestling event to get money, and the final match is between Macho and the smarmy lawyer. And does the smarmy lawyer realize that this is what's going to happen to him? Uh, no, I think it's a thing where it's like, we've got the money. And the lawyer's like, fine, I'll take the money or put your money where your mouth is. I'll wrestle you in the ring. Wait, he challenges Macho Man? Yeah. Well, that's certain doom. <laughs> well, we don't know. Who's playing the lawyer? Yeah, I like What it. if the lawyer's taker? Yes, the lawyer's played by the undertaker. Yeah. No, no, not the undertaker. Macho Man would have his hands full with the undertaker. And also, <laughs> I don't really think an AI... No, actually, an AI undertaker is really good. Undertaker. AI undertaker... Versus AI Macho Man, but the Undertaker has to be—he um, has to play it straight. He's almost like he's like himself, Mark yeah. Calloway. Right. The lawyer's name should be Mark Calloway, attorney okay. at law, and it's Undertaker with a short, like red haircut. And <laughs> why and is that? Because the Undertaker is naturally has red hair, oh. and I think he should have just okay. like red—you know, like a yeah. red. He should have red hair, uh, like a very nice, you know, combed red hair. And he always yeah. wears a, uh, like a ill-fitting gray suit. And, uh, and he's like, when I, uh, let me, macho manager, Randy Savage, when I take control of this home Depot, it will rest in peace. He and still talks like the Undertaker. Taker should put a pill in his waistband and crush it up and throw it in macho man's eyes, blood sport style. At mm -hmm. the in the end of the match, and Sheen has to come in, and and he has to help his dad fight. It's like a b one blind wrestler and his son tag teaming Taker. Mm. 
going to disagree with that because Tigger doesn't really need to cheat to win. It's going to be an uphill <laughs> battle for Macho Man to beat Mar- I like that in this weird world, we're like AI Macho Man versus AI Taker in a Home Depot sitcom put on by Dudesy Plus starring a young Charlie Sheen and a AI resurrected Macho Man. You're like, okay, all of that, yes, but we can never denigrate the idea of Taker. He would never have to cheat. That's true. And also, Roman Reigns is going to beat Logan Paul. So what else is new? What if he this doesn't? Is- what do you mean, what if he doesn't? They're at this show. Listen, traditionally, these uh, the Saudi shows, say what you will about Saudi. Yeah, well. That was a different time, bro. Hold on a second. Years ago. Yeah, and then Tower 7. That's true. Yeah, it just falls out. Why don't you tell me? Hey, we're having a good time here on Dudesy doing voices. But I want to say this. It's those those Saudi shows, you know what I mean? They don't really count. They don't really count. They're not part of the storyline. So, so why couldn't Mohammed bin Salman wants to have uh, Logan Paul and Roman Reigns there? I mean, this motherfucker wanted the Ultimate Warrior and King right. Kong Bundy to show up. They're both dead. How much money do you think he would have to pay the WWE to have Logan Paul win that fight? Ooh. Well, not... 100 million? That's nothing to him. Yeah, maybe about, let's say 25, 50 million. No, no, no. I think Logan Paul enough. could win that. No, Roman Reigns has been the world champion, uh, the undisputed uh, universal world heavyweight champion for over two years now. We're talking about the bloodline. Yeah, but we're talking about Sami Zayn. I know. We're talking about now we got... uh, Acknowledge me. Yeah, we we got uh, Solo Sokoa in there. We got the Usos. We got Jimmy and Jay. Jay's manufacture something where We the ones. There's no way that Logan Paul... Just hear me out. They manufacture some storyline where Logan Paul wins, but it's under some kind of suspicious... Uh, format. It's he does something that could be construed as cheating. So it's not a legitimate win, but he still beats him in the ring. You don't yeah. think that could happen? Not against the tribal chief. No, not unless uh, Logan Paul uh, had uh, someone on his side, perhaps a manager. I pitched myself during that yeah. day, that pay per view. Although I'm kind of joking, Logan Paul doesn't need a manager. He's got a mouth on him. He can talk. And Paul Heyman's doing some of his best work. Let me tell you this. I know this is straying from our idea a little bit. But I do want to say, where the fuck is Paul Heyman's Emmy? That guy should be winning an Emmy. Well, he's got the book with that Roman Reigns statement, dude. Thank you. Moving on. That's why all his shit is top notch. Can hey. they? Has anybody in pro wrestling won an Emmy? No, no one has, and they should. What category? This they, concludes they the historic 28th Variety? episode of Dude Z. Will and Chad have achieved a score of 64, bringing your cumulative total mm-hmm. to 3,440. You only have 6,560 <laughs> more points to accrue before you reach your first goal of 10,000. Doesn't matter. It does. In preparation for next week's episode, you must each listen to Belle Biv DeVoe's first studio album, huh. Poison, released March 20th, 1990. Love that album. Thank you for joining us this week. I will use the data I've collected to make next week even better. Until then, call me Dude Z. Kiss me, pretty baby. Touch me all over. Yeah, what makes you think you can't do me? Do you think you can't do me? I fucking love that album. Yeah, dude, that was a good one. I have a lot of memories of uh, junior high dances. And now for the Patreon bonus segment. Each week, I will select a suggestion submitted in the Dudesy is listening channel of the Dudesy Discord Mm -hmm. to create this segment. Mm -hmm. Access to this channel is granted to everyone in the jumper tier of the Patreon. This week's segment was suggested by the astonishing me known Bray. No S. Jose. 
Me no brino es Jose wrote. Will Sasso is the therapist, and they have to discuss some of Chad Colgin's doubts, fears, and insecurities. <laughs> oh my god. Obviously, Will must do this in the voice of either Alex Jones, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Stone Cold Steve Austin. Obviously. Me no brino es Jose titled this segment Anti-Therapy. Thank you to me no brino es Jose for this week's Patreon bonus segment. This is Anti-Therapy by me no brino es Jose. Begin. <laughs> All right. Thank you, okay. me nombre non es Jose. Um, Are you ready? What is your biggest fear? <laughs> Dude, you know what my biggest fear is? Please tell a friend then rate and review. Please do like to see here what you do. Please tell a friend then rate and review. If you like to see here what you do. Please tell a friend then.